0: TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to the Fire and Soul podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I'm so excited that you're here and completely grateful for your time. Before we dive into this juicy conversation that's so real and raw from Natalie Ledwell, I wanted to give you a quick reminder, in case you aren't aware, that our wildly popular and effective, deeply engaging, high integrity, mastery momentum Mastermind is open for enrollment and we kick things off on February 3rd. So that's next Monday and the program runs for 90 days and we meet every other Monday evening from five thirty to seven Pacific. And we have expert guest speakers, uh, including our guest today on the show, Natalie Ledwell also Joseph McClendon, Panash Desai, Jarek Robbins, Luke Wren, Sarah Prout, Tony Watley, Jake Ballantyne, and the list goes on. And I'm very honored that we have these expert guests who are world renowned and who are willing to give of their time to meet with my community. And quite frankly, they have said to me that it's their honor. And it's because they have heard and seen so many beautiful things about this particular tribe that is part of this mastermind that, that does just grow and expand and evolve and level up on so many, so many different ways. So if this piques your interest, then by all means, come on over to the show notes at fireandsoulpodcast.com. And you'll see a link for the mastery momentum mastermind. And you can enroll in a myriad of different ways. We make it really easy for you to say yes. At the very least, check it out because we only open enrollment about every 100 days. And now is the time. All right, so we're going to dive into today's guest, who I'm actually quite honored to say has now become a new friend in my life. I love the quote that she's known for saying, and believe me, after getting to know her really well through uh, sharing our experience at Rhythmia together and then me having the honor to spend New Year's Eve with her with um, some close friends here in Los Angeles. And then I got to spend a whole afternoon at her beautiful uh, home in Marina Del Rey, California, um, just a couple of weeks ago. I can tell you firsthand, this is how she lives. This is this quote, there is nothing more delicious than living a life on purpose and making a difference regardless of how many people you influence. I love that. And uh Let me just give you a little background on this beautiful gem of a a human being. Aussie Natalie Ledwell is a risk taker, nonconformist, rule breaker and maker who believes nothing is impossible. She's an authentic and internationally renowned motivational speaker, bestselling author, law of attraction guru, host of The Inspiration Show and Wake Up TV and co-founder of the revolutionary personal development company Mind Movies. She resides in Southern California with her puppy Bella whom Nat is crazy about. And I met Bella and I got to see them in action. And let me tell you, that statement is true. Her mission is to empower 10 million adults and kids all around the world to lead lives fulfilled with joy, happiness, and passion. The lives they were destined to live. Over the years, Natalie has owned several successful businesses with her partner, Glenn, traveled to all corners of the world, eaten scorpions, bungee jumps, skydive, hang glided, and it goes on. One of her life mottos is, I'll try anything once and twice if it's good. In the last seven years, Natalie and her team at Mind Movies have touched the lives of over 5.8 million people across the globe and are showered every day with their success stories. So, most likely you've heard of mind movies. And if not, I definitely encourage you to go check it out because it is fairly transformational. What I love about this conversation is that Natalie was willing to put it all on the line because she is such a risk taker and nonconformist and to come on this show soon after we had returned from Costa Rica and experienced ayahuasca, you know, for the full week at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. And that's where I met her. She's part of the Transformation Leadership Council uh, with Jack Canfield, amongst many other of their contemporaries that were also there at Rhythmia. And it was through that proximity that I got to meet her. And it was at the airport actually coming home, because she was coming to LA and I was coming back to LA, where I really bonded with her. And I was like, oh, I want to hear more about her and her journey and what she experienced under the medicine, ayahuasca, and what that means for her life moving forward, and so she shares a lot of that here in this in this conversation. So definitely, without further ado, enjoy my yummy behind the scenes conversation with a remarkable soul, Miss Natalie Ledwell. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Natalie. Welcome to Fire and Soul.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so looking forward to having a very deep, authentic, real, and juicy conversation with you.
0: Girl, you are in the right place. And I know my listeners are already welcoming you with, wel- with open arms and hearts and minds. So I want to share real quickly how we met because many of my listeners are already very familiar with you and my movies and all the beautiful things that you're doing and the work that you do and the mission you're on, especially now with young kids. We can talk about that a little, but I'm loving where you are now and what this year has meant for you. And, and y'all know, I just came back from Rhythmia. It was a life-changing experience, to say the least. I don't say that lightly. I say it with my full, whole heart. And I met you, Natalie, there. And then we really connected right at the airport as we were leaving to hop onto our flights. Both of us live in LA. But it was what you shared at the airport that I was like, oh my God, can you come on the show? And it was around your experience of the weekend of this year and how that shifted where you are. I don't know where you want to start from there, but I'd just love to just dive right in. Yeah.
1: So this year has been so interesting for me because it has, it has been massive personal growth because I, my first trip to Rhythmia was in April mm. and I was the guest speaker that week. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so it, so it was a very different experience. Yeah. You know, It was the first time I've done ayahuasca and you know, I had all these responsibilities. And by the time I got to that first night up at the Moloka, I'm sitting there going, Holy shit! I'm about to do ayahuasca. I hadn't mentally prepared myself for it because totally. <laughs> I was just you know going the whole time, and so I had a I had a good experience. Um, it definitely did change me. I had one particular night that was pretty gnarly. Thought I'd okay wait a these are details, one these are
0: details we want because <laughs> I shared a week and a half ago, and I'm going to share more. I'm going to do a solo episode because it was so detailed. I mean, I shared about snakes and demons and cloaked demons, and I mean, but they were all my most negative, darkest self talk right? Manifesting for me, but I'd love to know if you want to share what you saw because this is the shit that scares us. But if we dive into that fear, right? And we're brave, we get to the other side and then we're freed.
1: I think last time I did a lot of forgiveness work. You know, my biological mother left when I was three years old. And so, you know, my dad, uh, I remember seeing my dad through a doorway, just crying uncontrollably. And I'm like, right. You know, I need to be the strong one and I don't want to do that. So that kind of, you know, then we take on all these coping mechanisms. But for all the work that I've done, like Hoffman process and, you know, when I when my 18-year marriage ended, I was like, right, how did I show up in this? What was my contribution? So when you did the Hoffman process, the whole time I'm going, it's got nothing to do with my biological mother. I don't even remember her. Like, that's way before my memories. Wow. You know, it's all to do with my, you know, because dad married uh, my mum who had six kids from her previous marriage. So then after that, it was every man for himself. And we were just, you know, in, <laughs> in the overwhelm of, of what that entailed. So I was able to address, you know, what happened with my mother. And I had my heart healing on the second night. Oh. And I was outside and I was on the hammock and I'm looking at mm. the stars and the moon. And I was just in this. Overwhelming feeling of gratitude, which oh. I now realize is the gateway yes. to the healing of the heart. When well, yeah. we can drop into that gratitude first, then that just opens up the gates. And I realized that you know, and I felt like every wall I had built around my heart just exploded off. And I was feeling so much love that I'm like, yes. wow, I don't need to guard my heart anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, if I can handle this amount of love, I can handle anything. Like you know, my heart is is good. And then when I kind of moved from there to the fire, I was like, well, why did I guide my heart so much? And it actually showed my mother leaving when I was three. I did not realize this, but there was grief stuck somewhere in my body and I was able in that moment to release it. Mm-hmm. And I had one of those big, snotty, ugly cries you know, <laughs> when I was out at the fire and the tears, the whole thing. And then when I released all of that emotion from that place, I was able to, to forgive her, just hold her and go, you know what? I send you love, you know, I forgive you for leaving, you know, it's all good. And it was interesting because about a month after that, I had a healing with a girlfriend of mine. She was, you know, doing what she does. And then she just starts crying. I'm like, what? And she goes, your mother's here. Oh wow. I go, really? And she goes, and she's, she's crying. I go, what's wrong? And she goes, she wants to thank you for forgiving her. Oh, wow. And I'm like, uh, okay.
0: <laughs> because your so, mother had since passed? No, she's alive. I just oh, so her spirit though still came over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, Natalie. So, uh, so
1: that was huge. Uh, and the, the the third night, which was you know, which was I have a funny story about it because you know I I had my heart healing. So you know the first night was a bit of a struggle, which it always is for most of us. Second night I had my heartling for healing. So third night I'm like all cocky, going, yeah, I've already done my heart healing on second night, and, <laughs> yeah, which was a massive mistake because <laughs> right. But and, and because Sarah is the the shaman on the third night, I'm like, well I want to tap into my feminine because mm-hmm. I operate a lot from my masculine. I'm like, I really need to tap into that that part of me. Mm-hmm. The first cup, I'm feeling loved and held and amazing. So when I got for the second cup, Sarah's like, How are you feeling? I'm going, I'm feeling really loved. And she goes, Right on. So then she gives me what do I assume is a kind of a bigger cup than usual. Oh Fair my god, it. by the time I got back to my mattress, I was sideways. I was overwhelmed. I was out of control. And I'm thinking, okay, if I purge, it's going to make me feel better. So I'm over the bucket, you know, and I'm heaving, but nothing's coming out. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Bugger this shit. Like I go, you know what? I've got all night. If I have to be over this bucket all night, I'm going to do it, you know, so I can feel better. And, you know, cause I get all my downloads auditory. And so mother Aya comes in and goes, that's your masculine. Oh, and I'm like, oh, damn it. So they're like, okay. So I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'll go outside and recreate what I did the night before. So I go outside, and this night there's not a breath of wind. It is so hot, and I'm just like, oh my god. So I found a fan, and this was kind of when the the outside was open. It was like a deck.
0: Yes, so I grab my
1: pillow, go out there, uh, lay down, and again, I'm in all sorts. But I'm realizing the more I focus on it, the worse it's becoming. So I'm like, Natalie, get above this. What is this teaching you? What is this showing you? And I'm really like realizing how much of a control freak I am, and how I need to control everything. And, I need to release on that. So I'm like, okay, so I'm starting to realize this. I'm like, okay, i came ready to purge. Mm. I can't walk. So I'm on my hands and knees, commando crawling. <laughs> I'm to the, edge <laughs> of the, deck. the army crawl. Yeah, <laughs> And so I'm on the edge. On the other side is the garden. And I'm on the edge of everything mentally, physically, yep. spiritually, literally, figuratively. You know, and every night there's just this one person that's going for gold when they're purging and you're just going, I'm sending you love and it's better out than in. Well, that was me that night. I was like, I don't know what came out, but it was, it was huge and violent and big. And, and, and after a while, I just sat there and I'm less like, please make it stop. I'm, I've, I can't do it anymore. I, I cannot do it anymore. Please make it oh, stop. Wow. And uh, she comes in and goes, you can make this stop anytime you want. I'm like, oh, yes. I'm doing this to myself. Yes. And so when I went back, crawled back to the pillow, covered in spew and whatever else I was covered in, and just laid down and took three deep breaths and was one with the universe again. And I'm realizing that I intelligently or log- logically knew what surrender was, but until you actually surrender, until you go through the, mm-hmm. the action of actually surrendering, you don't really know what that is. And that, so uh, it was It was a huge lesson. And I remember the next week, you know, as I always do, I did it from this last time. I had to go
0: to another event that I was speaking at the following week. I don't know how you did that. I, I, <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I, had, I came home and the very next day I was on air and had to lead large groups. And it was just like, okay, next time I go, two days minimum, nothing on the calendar.
1: Yeah, but see, now that I know how to surrender, and I do this anyway, like I, I don't have anything laid out. You know, when I speak, I know I'm the conduit and I'm I'm the channel. I know what's coming through.
0: God, I love that you just said that. I wish more and more people would trust in that process. You allow the downloads. Okay, continue on. I love you even more now. So I, I was teaching the six steps
1: to manifesting. And we know manifestation is the second level of consciousness. The last step for me in my six steps is surrender. And I only added it on the plane on the way over. Wow. And I stood there and I go, and when I say surrender... I mean, surrender to what it's going to look like when it shows up. Yep. How it's going to show up for you, mm. how long it's going to take, and surrendering it to knowing that the universe always has our back and everything's happening for our highest good. Beautiful. And as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm going, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said those words before. I've
0: never actually articulated it like that. Because um, what did you use to think, or what did you plan on? Even though you didn't quote plan on anything, what did you think the framework looked like? Versus surrender as the ultimate. Well, I I, th- I can't remember even like it's
1: been that uh, it's been a nearly a year now that I can't even remember what I used to call it before. I think it was just trust. I think I used to call it. It's more than just that. And living from that place of surrender. Yep. And because you know the the whole contri- control freaky thing that, that I learned my lesson about on the third night. Um, it really helped me to understand that we we are not in control. We can use uh, mechanics like the law of attraction and manifestation formulas to positively influence the outcomes in our life, for sure, but we're not in control of anything, you know, except for maybe how we respond or react to a certain situation and how long we allow it to affect us moving forward. But, you know, we really have to be open to the fact that there is a bigger design going on, you know, and for anything that we do put our minds to, just, there's something way more delicious and juicy and incredible out there for us. If we surrender into the trusting of knowing that everything's happening
0: for our highest group. So I want to make sure I got this correctly. So when you were over the bucket and you took your second cup, because that's the night three, the divine feminine evening. And many of my listeners, by the way, have already booked a trip to Rhythmia, which is really exciting. I'm so happy for them. But you were like wanting to purge, not wanting to purge. You know, there was a lot of control, a lot of mind stuff going on. But ultimately you got the message of surrender. And so for you, surrendering was letting your body do what it needed to do to purge? No, surrendering was once the purge was over. um, Right, because it went on forever.
1: Yeah, so, and the funny thing was, is that I brought the same journal for this trip as I had taken for the last trip and I made myself some notes. (laughs) (laughs) I think you remember for next time, because I already knew I was coming back in November with, with this group. Number one, breathe. Yes. You know, just relax and breathe. And number two was drop into your heart. Yes. That surrender process. Mm. Because I can be very heady. I can Mm. be very logical. I have that. And how my brain works, I have a very um, developed corpus callosum. So I'll have something esoteric like an ayahuasca journey coming in the right side. I'm already articulating it in words on how to teach it from the left side as it's going through. Okay. Actually, this time on the last night, um, Mother I was like, "Can you stop doing that?" She goes, "Really? Yeah." She goes, "Oh my god, that. I've got to keep giving you this information, and I'm, and I'm trying to make sense of it as it's coming through." She goes, "Just let me give it to you." I'm like, "Okay."
0: So surrender, fully surrender to everything. I love that because, especially if we, a lot of us women, and especially if we've had a modicum amount of success, financial success, any kind of professional success especially in 2019, we do tap more into our masculine energy, right? And it's, a for me, the hardest thing for me to grapple in my first experience was I had learned to manage my mind. And I had learned to create epic results all around mindset and how I could control it and, you know, quell the negative beliefs. And then for me to surrender fully to all that I had just, quote, mastered was a big act of surrender, but it was the ultimate gift because I had to step into the realm of uncertainty, which is where all the magic and all the rewards, I believe, of the universe really exist. But I want to ask, so first of all, what drew you to ayahuasca in the first place? It was your first experience in April. Where were you in life? You're like, that is what's calling me now. That is why I'm going to go. Or was it an easy call? Well, I have had
1: friends because you know the, the circles that I move in, a lot of my friends have done ayahuasca. And so I have been invited many times to different ceremonies and going down to the jungle and all these kind of things. And none of it has ever spoken to me. Now, I used to own a nightclub in the 90s <laughs> in <laughs> Sydney. So it's not like I'm a stranger to mind altering substances. Because back in the day, I was definitely partaking, but it would just never felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did understand the sacredness of the medicine and the purpose mm-hmm. of the medicine. So for me to be in an environment where I wasn't getting any education, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, I'm in a room full of strangers uh, with no support, it just didn't feel right, you know. Um, and then I'm part of a, a mastermind group with Brandy, who is one of the owners yeah. at Rhythmia. Uh, and so she, we sat at lunch one day at one of the mastermind meetings and she was telling me all about it and I go, well, that I could do. Wow. That I could absolutely do. She goes, well, let me get you to come down as one of the, the guest speakers. And that's how that initial trip started.
0: Is this fit? This, this was like... I mean, just for everyone listening, Rhythmia is like the gold standard of the ayahuasca experience.
1: With Between the integration classes, the medical teams, you know, you're getting your massages, your colonics, how you're getting your downloads, how everyone is getting looked after. In, even during the ceremonies, and they've got 12 different shamans walking around and everyone's getting cared for. And if you have any questions, it is always being answered. And they really help to set your expectation of some of the experiences that you may come across. Mm-hmm. So when it does show up, you're not frightened. You're not like, Oh my god! Is it? I remember my first night, uh, the first time, because I got in late on the Sunday. I missed the orientation, and I didn't yeah. really know what was going on. So my whole, most of my first night, i'm like, is this normal? Is this what's supposed to be going on? What's going? on <laughs> <laughs> The head.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I was what in this that? stuck in a what mental that?
1: loop, and and then of course, every time something shows up like that in ceremony, you're like, well, how is that showing up in my life? And I went, oh, that was just my. I just relived my thirties
0: in one <laughs> ceremony on the first. That time. amazing. So what you just said is the most powerful takeaway, I think for anyone listening so far, you've said a lot of great things, but whatever you're seeing in your ceremonies is what's happening in your life. And that's why it was so terrifying for me because it was snakes and demons. And, but that's what I needed to see. I have a very active imagination and my worst thoughts were being shown to me and then tattooed all over my body on the night of divine feminine. And then I was paralyzed, couldn't get up for like six hours, but I knew I was safe And I felt okay about it. It was the most bizarre thing. I saw the scariest things ever in my entire life and my worst nightmares were coming true. But yet I knew I was safe. And that's the part that it's hard to explain. Well, these are the tips that I wrote
1: for myself this time. You know, number one, breathe. Number two, drop into your heart. Number three, like I know that my spirit guides are close. Yes. So I called them in at the beginning of every ceremony to protect me and to, to guide me. I also understood that if I went into the ceremony from a place of gratitude and love, then yes. that positively influenced my, cere- my journey on that night, which was great. The other thing that I did is that when I went, started going into the ceremony, I would request of Mother Aya to allow me to be the observer. Mm. So, if I'm observing what's going on, it's easier for me to be able to like see and understand what's happening. You know, like if I was going back to that moment where my mother left when I was three, uh, rather than be the child in that moment and relieving all of that pain, I go, now allow me to be the observer of that moment. Interesting. So I can see it from a higher perspective.
0: And she honors that. What's so beautiful is that her divine intelligence knows what you really need. Now, it would be interesting to hear if someone else asked that. But, but that request was not granted.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of things. I, I remember the first time I was under one of the speakers and I, I get really caught up in the lyrics of songs and I, and I had a thought, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this song, this music being so loud is going to inhibit my, my journey. And Mother Aya comes in and goes, what, you think a bit of music going to stop me from giving you what you need? No, <laughs> <laughs> know, it was just a thought. <laughs>
0: I love the way that she talked to you, by the way, she talks to everyone the way that they need her to talk to them. Because with me, I was so, so obsessed with gentle, gentle, loving, graceful, gentle, gentle. Like I was, you know, i would never done a quote drug in my life. I was scared. I wasn't even going to do it. I was just doing it for my mother. Dr. Jeff loved that one. I was like, even on the flight there, I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like I'm gonna go into my room while you guys go into that strange room, but hey, have fun. I'll talk to you in the morning. And my mom was so cool, so patient, but she was so beautiful, Mama Aya, to me. She would literally pat me on my head and she'd say, "Good work, good." You know, it was incredible that I got what I needed to get after she like beat me up for three nights straight. But um, okay, so you've done your first experience in April. You felt this massive act of surrender. How does that impact you for the months between? When you leave there, your work, your life, your normal stuff, your schedule, right? And then getting back to to rhythmia in November, which of course we'll circle back to.
1: Yeah. So it was really the the event or the the weekend that cracked things open for me. Mm. And then when I came back, you know, I have a coach that I work with and I have a lot of uh, friends that I'm surrounded by that are energy healers, that read Akashic Records, that, you know, do readings and all these kind of things. And and I would never ask my friends to do these things for free. And because we're friends, I kind of never really ask anyway. But for the first time, uh, they like they were insisting. They go, no, we need to do this work with you. Mm. So I had all these different you know, things and, and pieces of the puzzle kind of dropping in. Mm. And on the second night, uh, this time, all of those things just kind of like you could see them like dominoes just falling in, boop, 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 you could see where they all fit. And I'm like, oh, like it was like I had this much bigger understanding of, all of the, the lessons that I had learned for the year
0: and how they all accumulated together. It
1: was, it was fantastic.
0: So the second night of this November experience, you were able to see how everything was perfectly prescribed, if you will. It was your my unique. My saying, okay, well, you got to this point
1: and you had this understanding, but then we needed to send this person in to give you this piece. Then we needed to send this
0: person to give you Oh, this. wow. Now, are your guides people or the animals? They're light beings. Okay. All right. Mine were specific animals and people. Ancestral, mm-hmm. karmic. It was very interesting. And I've been able to call on them even since I returned, what? We, we went almost a month ago now. So you got some big insights for your second journey. Why did you decide to go back? And do you recommend that people go back? Absolutely. The
1: first time, because you're kind of figuring out and and navigating the medicine and understanding what's going on, she's giving you what you can handle at the time. Yep. So first night on this this second trip, I instantly started to remember exactly what was happening on the first night and the previous trip. Mm. So I kind of got, and like, it was quick. Okay. Here's a quick revision of what just went on. And then go, are you ready? And I'm like, yep. And then we just went deep. This is where we left off last time. Here's the springboard to where we're going now on that second night I mean there was so much information coming in I'm like whoa whoa whoa, slow down I go I'm not going to remember all of this she's like you don't need to remember it I just need to give it to you wow yeah so it's like you know I was like neo (laughs) seriously I was like neo
0: (laughs) we are in the matrix okay so when you say that the second night she showed you everything what specifically can you share about what you saw that you remember yeah, so let me tell you the overarching
1: theme throughout all the nights for me, which is mm-hmm. interesting because you know, and I'm sure that if the listeners have been listening to previous shows, the three intentions we want to meet is to show me who I've become, merge me back with my soul, heal my heart. So the first night I'm like, okay, because they said, look, have the same three intentions, even though you went through those last time. So the first night, you know, she's showing me how I kind of second guess myself and doubt mm-hmm. myself a lot, and. And, you know, some judgments that I have, which I own. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I see that. But the big one, because, you know, I was in this place of gratitude and I'm sending out all this love to people that I, that I know in my life. And she said, it's time for you to flip that around because Natalie, you don't love yourself. Oh, I was like, what? I'm like, mm. what do you mean? I think I love myself. And, and I actually had a, a housewarming, which I call a house blessing mm. uh, a few weeks beforehand. And I had 25 of my girlfriends here. We did a tea ceremony, and I said, "Don't bring gifts. Just bring something of meaning to put on my altar." Oh, because really? I want to infuse my home with the energy of, of my my female friends. Mm. And uh, and each woman stood up, 25 women, and said something really beautiful and meaningful about my relationship with them and how they oh. see me. And I sat there feeling uncomfortable the entire time. Oh, I'm wanting people to stop talking. Why, please stop talking about me. And it, 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 and I'm like, I didn't let any of it land. And so the next night I said, look, why is this? Like, why don't I love myself? Like, where is this coming from? And she said, well, you never had love. Mm. You know, my mother left when I was three and dad was doing his best and then, you know, met mom and six kids and crazy household. And and she said there was just, there was no love to Mm. be given. Like, you know, everyone was kind of doing their best. I'm like, okay, I understand that. I said, so can you take this? Can you heal this? And she said, no. Oh, that you have to, you have to feel it first
0: mm-hmm. for me to
1: be able to take it. That's what I need to take. I need to take that feeling for you. And I'll be honest, I couldn't get there. I, I couldn't on the, on that night. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I what did you think this was? I can't do this. What was this? So my, uh, show me who I've become another yep. part of my, my coping mechanisms and, and from the result of previous events is that I shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. and so. I know that it came from this specific event and I shut down emotionally because I couldn't handle it. And so when when we're as adults, we go back and we think about these particular situations, the thing that scares us the most about going back there is that we have to feel the three-year-old's version of it, which was too overwhelming for us to be able to handle. So the strength of our subconscious mind comes in and safeguards us from it. And so, yeah, just I I just couldn't get there on that second (laughs) night.
0: So do you think that was based on, and, and actually clarify, did you, did you also ask Mama Aya to, to allow you to be the observer your second visit, or was that just the first visit? No, no, every night. I ask. Every night that you've been in the Maloka. Okay. So in, and in order for you to get through this really important piece for you to crack open even more, which I can't wait to hear what happens next. Couldn't just be the observer. You had to experience it over again and you weren't ready for that couldn't I fully, long. fully understand that. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. I remember walking down. I was about two, maybe three, walking down a wood floor, and I was like creaking. You know, it was like an old house in Washington State on a Navy base in Oak Harbor, Washington. And I could hear some sounds in a bedroom, and I, I knew, and then my heart was racing, and I was so uncomfortable, and it felt like it was really wrong. Something was really bad in there, and I never opened the door. And I'm just curious to see. If when I go back in May of 2020, do I open that door? And I have a feeling it was just my dad having an affair with some woman. It's what he did in the 70s. We were all aware of it, but I wasn't ready to see it. So I fully understand. But this is the beautiful thing is that there are some things we can still control even inside the journey. So what happens the next day, Natalie? Okay. So the next
1: night was strange. I think I I was a little apprehensive going into the third night. Mm. I think my body was just remembering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah there was a yes i was still seeing the geometric shapes and but it was a little bit darker a little bit more sinister the main message that came out of that third night was Look, natalie when you love yourself you don't have any issues you don't second- <sighs> you don't doubt yourself you make healthy choices you yeah. don't need external motivation to do what needs to be done Isn't it so because you love yourself yes i'm like okay i see that and then uh the last night which is, uh, you know, the all-nighter, <laughs> yes. purge night. It's all about the purge. Uh, actually, I was doing deals with Mother Aya the entire time. And <laughs> Mother Aya, I'm really grateful to be purging and releasing what needs to come out of my body, but can you please make sure it's out my butt?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I me too.
1: Thank you for making it out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first cup. The second cup, when I back, went back and laid down, I was instantly with a three-year-old version of myself.
0: Oh,
1: of course. The version that I saw was based on a, a black and white photo that I have of me at that age, mm. and uh, she was black and white. She was very sad, so I've, I've grabbed her and I'm holding her and I'm rocking her. I'm kissing her and I go, "Look, it's oh. okay. It's okay." I said, "We had to go through that mm. because that was an important part of our journey. That's made us who we are today, and we've got a really big job ahead of us. You know, we have." we've got to change a generation, you know, and we had to be this person to be able to step into that. So look, it's all right. I said, look, I love you and I'll never leave you. Mm. And then I had this whole thing just washed over me and I just went, oh, shit, you're my soul. Oh, And then I went, oh, so when you say love yourself, you mean love this part of me. And then I realized, wow, this is the love of my life.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: This love. Oh, I was like, oh my God. I was, I was like, and I was just, it just washed over me. Mm. And uh, I had that full realisation. I'm like, okay, come on. I said, we've got lots of people we need to forgive. Come, <laughs> come with me. So I grabbed her hand. But by this time she's <laughs> colour and she's playing around like a happy little girl. Right. And so we went back to my mother, my dad, my stepmom, And I had my Akashic records read a few weeks before that. And I had three attached souls from previous lives. So I was able to go back into those lifetimes Wow. Um, yeah. One was a healing contract. One was like a, a negative contract with some guru that I was a devotee in a previous life. But the big one was a soulmate contract. Interesting. And the soulmate contract is with my ex-husband.
0: Why? Of this life? Of this life, yes. For 18 years that you had a soulmate contract with in previous lives? We have a soulmate contract. Oh, wow.
1: So a soulmate contract isn't necessarily just about love, but it's right. about
0: playing together no matter what. Yep which can really mess things up if you divorce in this life and you want to go find other love.
1: <laughs> well, and the thing is, Glenn and I are still close friends and we're still business partners. Yeah. But we still have a connection here. So I was able to go back into the lifetime where we were both children uh-huh. marriage, and when we made the contract. So I was able to thank him uh, for everything that he does for me in every lifetime that we're mm. in because we've been together in many lifetimes. Mm. So back to this life and my little girls with his little boy and just hugging him and just thanking him and telling him how much I love him. And then I had the opportunity. Then I was with him as an adult. So I'm having this conversation in my journey, but then I also had this conversation with him when I got back mm. from, from Costa Rica. And I just said, look, I, words cannot express how grateful I am. You know, you've been the biggest influence in my life. You've given me so many gifts and I couldn't be this person and be where I am right now if it wasn't for you. So thank you for everything for this lifetime and thank you for every lifetime that we're together. You know, I understood that all the things that frustrated me about him, or that that not they don't so much anymore, but I used to say, look, you know, you know better. Like why why are you doing this? You know better. And the thing is, he does know better. But in this lifetime, before we came into this lifetime together, we made an agreement that he was going to show up like this so that he could be the catalyst mm. for me to step up into this version because I put my hand up and said, look, I'm going to change the world this lifetime. That's what's going to happen. And uh, he's such an instrumental part of that. And I was able to tell him how much I loved him and appreciated everything. So, so it was huge. And then the, the final night when we did the breath work, I was back with my three-year-old. Mm. I got to apologize to her for taking so long to get back to her.
0: Oh, my God. That's so beautiful, Natalie. Mm. And how have you felt since being home? It's been almost four weeks and people ask me, you know, Michelle, what was it like those first two weeks? Rhythmia really prepares us well, right? Look for a potential dip here, look for this there. So you feel really well guided. How's your journey been since you've been back home? It's been
1: accelerated. <laughs> like I went from there to another event in Scottsdale. Actually, Steve Young was there for the first time. I know. And Steve Young was part of our soul family, guys.
0: Group at Rhythmia.
1: Yes. And there I met an energy healer and another woman who also gave me a couple other pieces of the puzzle. And I, I, I made some very big decisions about uh, 2020 because, you know, this year I feel like I've been walking through concrete.
0: Mm. You know, I feel like
1: it's been a really heavy year. And so I got to the end of it. But when I take stock of what my year's been like, it's like, well, I have my new condo, my new apartment and I renovated. So I've created my sanctuary. So that's mm-hmm. fantastic. You know, I've had this massive, massive up-leveling and personal growth, which is huge. Mm. Um, And even though, you know, we wanted to be in schools already with this program, we finished all the digital assets for it and we still have made a big accomplishment. Just because it's not where I wanted to be doesn't mean that we haven't, you know, achieved a lot. So I can say that, yes, it's been great, but I'm like, okay, for me to step into this next level, because on the last night, I was saying to Mother Aya, just show me what I need to do. You know, what do I need to do? show me that. And she goes, No. He goes, I need to show you who you need to be. Oh, when you show up as that person, everything else falls into place. Ah, What were those qualities? Well, this healing of my heart, this, you know, merging back with my soul, you know, having this connection to my inner self, making changes to uh, decisions I make about my health, the way that I manage my time, you know, the people that I'm spending time with, the conversations that I'm having, like, you know, I'm, I even had a conversation today with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I do a lot of work with him, and I'm like, darling, I love you, but I, I, this, this, this is what's going to look like moving forward. Like I've had to get really clear yep. about what I'm going to be doing moving forward and how I, you know, operate and and manage my time because it's, you know, now it's it's jobs on. You <laughs> know, I really feel like I, I, and, and for all the second guessing and doubting that I did of myself this year, that is all completely gone.
0: Good. Oh, thank God. How beautiful. So at the airport, you had mentioned something in particular, I think it was around women. And maybe it was your podcast, or maybe it's a new movement in addition to the personal development for kids and getting that curriculum into schools everywhere, which I know you've got some wonderful proof of concept happening around the world. But what does this look like? Is that your pup? Oh, we're very pup friendly over here.
1: Yeah, so the, I have a, I'm launching a new podcast and, and Glenn came to me a little while ago because, you know, we're always looking at ways that we can, you know, reach a bigger audience with mind movies and, you know, and help more people. And he goes, like, you know, I'd really love for you to start a podcast. He goes, I think that'd be great. I'm like, okay. And I said, but if I do it, it has to be what I want to do. You know, I think we have enough avenues between YouTube and Facebook and live things and blah, blah, blah about with mind movies and, and manifestation. I said, I really want to start a, a podcast that opens up uncomfortable conversations that we have, you know, as women, that we have, you know, topics that we have a lot of shame or guilt around. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the podcast is called Not Over, Just Different. Mm -hmm. A phrase that I coined when Glenn and I separated. And I'm like, you know, our relationship isn't over. It's just different. Beautiful. And we're moving into this different, you know, part of our lives. So I'm, I'm covering subjects like, you know, sex after fifty, and hormones, and um, caring for aging parents, and what female friendship looks like at this time of our life, and and what reinvention is. Like, you know, I spoke to Sherry Solato, who was Oprah's executive producer, and you know, she when she left, she's like, okay now what? You know, and she had to go through this whole process. So really juicy, awesome conversations. They're very candid. They're very raw. They're not interviews. They're like this. It's a conversation. Staying in the moment. Yeah. So we can, um, to really, you know, model what it's like to have these conversations and really expand that, that amongst our, uh, you know, female community.
0: Is this to cultivate more community within your mind movies community and, and all the people that you've come to know and love and serve? Is there like... Ultimate intention, or is it just a, a safe place to have these conversations that most people are too embarrassed or shamed themselves about?
1: Yeah, I mean, we obviously we're building a you know a uh, like a Facebook group and everything else that will go with this. I know that I mean, obviously the the people in this new community will have access to, to all our MindMeup's programs and, and things there, but this is a little different. Yeah, you know, this is a safe container. There's also women only. I'm sure that if men would listen to the podcast, they would learn a lot as well. For oh,
0: sure. <laughs> no doubt. But yeah. it really is, is focused towards uh, women. Out of the topics that you covered, I love them all. But the one I was intrigued in most, the most by, which I know is a very important, meaningful topic here for my listeners that are predominantly women, is how to navigate friendships at this stage in life, right? So maybe it's even 40 up because it seems like a lot of women, at least in my world, especially in the personal development, spiritual development world, we just continue to shed and shed and shed and then make space and it's uncertain and it's vacant for a while. I remember for a while, about a year ago, I was like, I've got vacancies and I'm taking applications, you know? And I meant that like wholeheartedly, not from ego at all. It was just, I'm taking my time as I redesign my core circle that I don't know will be in for a season, a reason or a lifetime. I don't need to know that right now. I just know how I want to feel inside these conversations and inside these connections. Yeah. So it's a perfect topic because we talk about it a lot on this show, tribe and what that looks like in those types of conversations and setting those boundaries and those limits around the boundaries and actually honoring them, you know, what that looks like. So what does it look like for you?
1: So I had my come to Jesus moment uh, when Glenn and I separated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was 45 at the time and I didn't have any close female friends that was completely my fault. Uh, I know that like women would often say to Glenn, "I I can't get it with Natalie. Like I'm trying to get close to her. I just can't. The reason for that was number one, I was betrayed a lot when I was younger by women. And when I look back, I go, well, I can see how the way that I was showing up that would, you know, definitely elicit that kind of behavior from other people. But I was so unhappy in my marriage. You know, I was out two years before it ended mentally.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I was so well at constructing the facade, like everything was okay. And I was like, if anyone gets underneath this, they're going to see that there's nothing here. So then you didn't let women in because they would know. So of course, you know, when we split up, I was like, you know, I really, I, I was craving female friendship. I'm really grateful. I'm part of a group called the Association of Transformational Leaders that have some incredible women. Mm. And I remember the first meeting we had after Glenn and I had, had split, I was emceeing one of the days. You know, normally people, if they're emceeing, you you know, get 15 or 20 minutes to talk about yourself or your business or whatever. And uh, I took this opportunity to go, guys, I, I need to get really honest with you. Uh, I said, uh, my marriage is ended and I'm struggling because I think that as a transformation leader, I'm supposed to have my shit together you know, I'm supposed to, my marriage isn't supposed to end. I'm supposed to have all the answers. And so I'm struggling between, am I a fraud? Am I, you know, and it opened up this deeper conversation. And from that, I actually, were, you know, made some some great friendships and connections. But what was biggest, the biggest thing for me is I had to learn how to be a friend because I, it was, it had been Glenn and I against the world for 20 years and so, you know, how to show up from a place of, uh, you know, yes, I'm needing support, but how to also give support, how to listen from my heart, you know, how to hold that space for my friends, how to, you know, to, to be fun and, and to, to be all of those things. And I really had to learn how to do that. And I learned by mirroring how these women were showing up in my life. Beautiful. And we were able to create. We've created that, that that particular podcast. There's four of my closest girlfriends on that on that call on that podcast, and just we have so much love for each other. And we're all doing big things in the world, and we're all you know in that way. But we we understand that like we we've, we've done the work. We've been able to shed the the jealousy and the you know the competition and all that kind of because it's not about that now. Mm-hmm it's all about collaboration. It's all about uplifting, you know, as in from this last event that I was at, you know, the hashtag was lift as we climb, you know, so that we're helping each other because this is how we change the world.
0: Couldn't agree more. So the podcast that you talk about that's coming out, is that going to be called not over just different? Yes. And so this hasn't been published yet, correct? Not yet. Uh, I think we're weeks away. Okay. So I'll definitely add that to our show resources just so that when people, when it goes live, they'll, they'll be able to to see that. Do you have a sort of wait list or something on there to be notified? Yeah, we're, we're just okay. setting all of that up. All right. Beautiful. So we'll we'll get that up for you guys. Because I don't even know when this is going to air. I think it's in two weeks, but I will let everyone know. I love what you're up to. And I love these conversations. And I personally am feeling very blessed, but it's only recent, the last two years, very similar timeframe as yours, mid forties, went to my first, for me, I woke up fully at a date with destiny event with Tony Robbins. And then from there, I came home and I like cleaned house with about 80% of the people in my life that had a title of best friend for 20 something years, not unlike a husband, but I didn't feel safe and there was no trust. And so all of that was really important to let go, but it's rebuilding that these kinds of conversations that you're going to be providing are so powerful because a lot of people don't know those simple tools, right? And they've never had the honor and privilege of getting to mirror back what a beautiful friend looks like, much less learning how to generate that. So thank you in advance for what you're doing and what you're going to be putting out in the world that my friend, oh my God, how could you have even done this without merging back with your soul, healing your heart, coming from a place of self-love, taking your younger three-year-old self with you it totally knows how to be a friend and be loving and love women, right? That's gorgeous.
1: But I also could see how the healing that I had with my child, how that was healing children around the world as well. Mm. Oh,
0: that's so beautiful. <laughs>
1: and the last time I was down there showed me speaking at the UN, I'm like, wow, that's huge. But this was like just so much deeper
0: working with the children, working with the women. And this is such powerful stuff. So what's next? We're at the end of the year. Are you going back to with me in 2020? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I,
1: I, the other thing that made it so different, not just because I, and, 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 you know, I go, I knew how to navigate the medicine better. What was really interesting in that last one, like show me what I need to do, show me what I need to do. I'm like, I'm going to use you as a tool to, and I, and, and then I kind of had a little I'm really sorry I was disrespectful, Mother Aya, that I could think I could <laughs> use for
0: my own means. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that you actually tried to like outsmart her. At one point, I remember I wanted Raven to come over to me because it was the night I was like, quote, paralyzed, the divine feminine night. And I was like, I command you to come. I was like in my full on like African priestess from years or lifetimes back. And I had already done a few of those things. And I'd seen like really beautiful leaders step up and like rise up into the truth of who they are, like were even in that room. And they came up to me later and said, what was happening in this journey? Because you commanded me to do things. It was pretty wild, Natalie, but I know you get this. But I tried to command Raven to come over to me. And then I cracked up and I was like, as if <laughs> she's my shaman, she will decide when it's time. So when I'd fully surrender five minutes later or 10 minutes later, maybe it was an hour later, I have no concept of time she'd come over and she'd be like, you know, (laughs) like she might not have said, I love you. That's the way I interpret it. Maybe it was just like, like a smile and ah, so good. Okay. So, so you're going back next year. So am I, we might even be going back the same dates. I'm sure we'll talk about this. What is next for you? Like to immediately apply, like I know you've got the podcast in terms of how you're feeling and how you're operating in the world and taking this beautiful new insight with you.
1: Yeah. So I have a new morning practice that I, that I've started since I've been back. It's starting with 10 minutes of breath work. And we, you know, we learned the transformational breath work while we're down there. So 10 minutes of breath work, I have a song that's 10 minutes and it's the perfect speed at which to, to keep, you know, breathing in time with the music, you know, and then you do, you hold your breath for how long. And then, um, I play the, you know, in dream song and that's my time where I commune with my child. Mm. Um, and I'm spending time with her. I'm loving it, in, you know, obviously in my, in my meditation um, and also asking for guidance. And I have a little altar here that you, you can't see, but I do my prayers in the morning. And then each day now it's, you know, cause I would go like a month or something without doing anything with the, the with the children's projects. So it's like every day. And since then I've had like two very powerful meetings um, mm. and even talking to people that, that will be able to distribute the curriculum for us. So Things that oh, really opened up right now, which is great. So, um, you know, it's it, the self-care and it's so funny. We talk about self-love and, and I remember after the first or second night, I'm like, right, I'm going to start to have a bubble bath and I'm going to acknowledge myself for everything I did well that day. <laughs> i was like, oh, you don't mean that. <laughs> oh, I get it. So, um, So, you know, having, you know, really feeling that love and having that communion with her each day is really important. And I do consult her quite a bit. You know, and different things that are happening throughout the day, I'm like, oh, should I do this? You know, and I'll see her going like this or like this, you know, shaking her head. So I'm like, all right, great. But trusting also, you know, when we get this guidance and we get this, uh, the intuition and the hits that come through, you know, I am, when we're living in a place, you know, we're talking about the four levels of consciousness. So, you know, victimhood and then manifestation, which is what I teach, then the channel is where I live a lot. Um, But being being in the channel also means that when something shows up, even it's like wild and wacky and like so left field, you go, all right, but okay, this is where we're going. We have to trust it, you know, and being in that surrender, which is really a big part of how I've stepped into this life and, and applying that whole surrender piece that I got the first time. It's just trusting that what's showing up and then, you know, going in that direction, which has been huge.
0: It's that's beautiful. And it's such a wonderful message, especially as you wrap up 2019 for all my beautiful listeners. Surrender as you open up the door, you know, into the next family gathering or the next, you know, holiday office party or some event that you have to go to. Just bring that version of yourself, that surrendered beautiful version of yourself that's so full of self-love into any environment. Don't you think that we can literally change an environment and the way that we perceive it by who we bring into the room and into the space? Yeah. I
1: remember the second tools. night too, It was all about, and I'm like, oh, cause you know, I'm in the geometric shapes and it's all happening. And I'm like, Oh, this is the ocean. Like this is the universe is ocean. And I'm just a wave in the ocean. I'm mm-hmm. still the ocean, but I'm just like a, like an individual expression of it. And then I'm like, Oh, this is happening in every cell of my body right now. This is so wild. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, if we all just operated from love,
0: there would be no problems. (laughs) I know. know. And then what I got was, is like, whatever the quote problems are, they're perfectly and divinely orchestrated to take each and every one of us to the next level of consciousness. So I just saw like this beautiful harmony and balance of everything happening in the world, that when I was on the flight down to Costa Rica, I was almost in an anxiety attack around things I was seeing come out in the news and the tweets and the things like that. And and by the end of it, I was like, I had journeys where I was in the White House and in the administration, and it was just nothing but love. And that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but my listeners, it won't. But these are the kinds of conversations that I want to be having more and more of this yeah. Can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing. Had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for asking. Me. We knew it would be juicy. We knew it would be raw. And I can't thank you enough for letting us get on the inside of your soul, literally, and by sharing such a sacred journey with us. I end always by asking every guest the same question, which is, how do you define an awakened soul? Pretty much sure you just did for the last 50 minutes, but in a nutshell, <laughs> Let's, let's
1: maybe say, how do I lived from, how do I live Beautiful. from.
0: Beautiful. Yes. Oh, I love this. Yes. I'm changing my question. Thank you, Natalie. I love that. And that is living
1: mindfully, mm. living mindfully and with intention. You know, cause we can be at the whim of, of everything that's going along, which is that victimhood stage. But when we can live mindfully, check in, have that connection, trust the guidance that's coming in and surrender to what's unfolding. You know, that's how we live
0: as an awakened soul. Ah, I love that answer. And I love that you just helped me redesign my question. I'm totally taking that if that's okay. Absolutely. Every guest that I have on is living from an awakened soul or they wouldn't be on. And so that makes perfect sense. And that actually is wonderful because the ego likes to play everything down and like you're not making progress. You're not actually living from an awakened soul. But if we can start to acknowledge all the wins and celebrate where we are where we remember to be conscious, where we remember to surrender, that's so beautiful. And then we start to stack and stack and we're like, I'm living the life of my dreams, of my intention. Gorgeous. Thank you very much for coming on. How can we find you and be in touch with you so that in addition to not over just com, or is that where you want to direct all of us Yes yeah, so that's where the podcast is if you are
1: interested in learning more about the the curriculum for schools uh, personalgrowthstudies.com wow great title yeah. and then uh, of course mindmovies.com is where we have most of our free content and and programs and so forth
0: beautiful and um, i will be sure to list all those Domains in the show notes, guys. So thank you again, Natalie, for coming on. God bless you, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com.